best friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining us for the very first time. I am your host, Chelsea Brown. Y'all, let me tell you, this week has been an absolute whirlwind. So first of all, good stuff. I am working on two books, as you might know, one I'm writing and one I am editing. I'm making good progress on both which is something I have not been able to say for the past couple of months. So I'm feeling really good about that, about both of them. And I'm hopeful and optimistic that I will finish my edits on book number three before the end of March. So that's awesome. And then I'll be able to start sending it out to agents again and we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited. I'm optimistic. I'm feeling good. As for Hybrid, my dog, if you don't know, the past month or so, he's been extremely sick. They concluded that he had an infection that triggered an autoimmune disease. So don't, don't love that, not loving that. However, he was given the all clear to be weaned off of his steroid treatment and he's being weaned right now and he's doing really, really good. I'm not seeing any signs of him being in pain, which is amazing. I was very, very worried about that, but seems like it's going okay. And I'm, I'm just gonna continue hoping for the best, being optimistic because he is back to his normal self almost. He's at about 90%. So we just have to put a little more meat on his bones. He lost quite a bit of weight when he was sick, so we're trying to fatten him up a little bit, which he's loving, gets all sorts of treats and good food, and just get some more muscle on him. So I'm feeling great about that. I'm so, so grateful that he is doing better. I am also, contain your surprise, I am sticking to my workout schedule. I work out like three to four times a week, and I'm not like putting too much pressure on it, and I'm not focusing on changing my body. I'm focusing on just getting stronger and doing what feels good to me that day. Today, I feel like I want to lift some heavy weights. So after I'm done here, I'm going to go do that, you know? And if I feel like I'm, I want to run, then I'll run. If I feel like I want to do yoga, then I'll do yoga. But I'm really trying not to just force myself to do things just because I think it's going to change how my body looks. Because that's just like a really steep, slippery slope down into terribleness. So <laughs> we're not doing that. I'm actually feeling great about my workouts. And I feel great about them because I'm doing them because it makes me feel good. Not because I want to change how I look. Which, if you know my history about body dysmorphia and the eating disorder that I had years and years ago... Um, it can be, it can be difficult and a very easy to kind of slide back into those beliefs. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm feeling good about it. I am feeling good about it. My mental health is at a five right now. I honestly feel like I could not be doing any better. I feel motivated and happy and excited for the future. And this is a really nice change from the absolute terribleness that has been my life for the past several months. And I don't know what the change is. I don't know if it's because I'm starting the podcast up again for season two. Uh, could be. Could be. I don't know. Maybe you guys really help my mental health. And if so, I guess that means that I have to keep doing this. Oh, well. <laughs> so if you're new here, before we really jump into anything besides life updates... 
I like to do a mental health check. I want you to rate your mental health between one and five. One being terrible, I'm still in bed, I'm having the worst possible day, feel like I am on the edge of tears. And five being simply could not be better, having an amazing day, feeling great. It doesn't really matter where you are on the scale. It's not like I'm going to shame you or you're going to shame you because we're not shaming ourselves for having bad mental health days. But I do think that it's important to just check in with yourself and understand where you are because I feel like naming the thing takes the power away from the thing. You know what I mean? If I say, you know what, I'm having a bad day. That takes the power out of the bad day. I'm like, all right, cool. It's just a day. Let's move on. Tomorrow is going to be better. You know? So take a second, pause the show if you have to, and genuinely check in with yourself. Are you at a one, two, three, four, or five? One being the worst, five being the best. This week, we are going to be talking about breakups, friend breakups, relationship breakups, and even one therapist breakup I am going to give you the tea about. It happened to me last year. It was a whole thing. And I'm going to give you, I'll give you the, the overview. Okay. I haven't really talked about that before, but I think it's important. And the reason that breakups are on my mind is that I watched Love is Blind season two, which is my TV show of the week. Love is Blind, if you don't know, it is a reality TV show. It is on Netflix. And the premise is that these people go into pods and they speak to other people and fall in love. And the idea is that they actually propose to each other before they even see each other, like propose marriage to each other. Sounds completely crazy. And I think it is a little crazy, but it's to test the idea if love is truly blind. Because in our society, a lot of importance is placed on how someone actually looks. So I think it's a really cool concept. I loved season one. I also liked season two, but there was a character, I a character, I say as if they're not an actual human being. There was a person that I genuinely disliked. And I'm going to go into it, okay? So the, the person that I really did not like is Shake. He calls himself Sheikh. His his full first name is Abishek, and he was dating Deepti. Deepti is beautiful, intelligent, kind, just all the things, all the good things. And Sheikh was it's okay. So Sheikh was someone who was like the stereotype of being completely focused on looks. And as the show went on, and they're in the pods, it seemed like he was kind of coming around. You know, like having a little bit of self-awareness and reflection and understanding that maybe, you know, physical things aren't everything. This is, of course, after he tried to get all of the girls in the pods to give him clues about how big they were physically, like how much they weighed, what size clothes they wear. It was disgusting. Did not like it. Thought for sure that he would not be on the show very long. However, he did end up proposing to Deep D. She said yes, and they start trying to honeymoon and live together outside the pods before their wedding day. And long story short, Sheikh tells everybody who will listen that he is not physically attracted to Deep D and that it's like dating his aunt and whatever. And I'm just like, bro, first of all, you would be so lucky. 
Deep D is gorgeous. Okay? But you know what? Not his physical type. That's fine. But the thing is, is that he, they developed such a connection in the pods that I genuinely thought that they would work and that he had seen the error of his ways and whatever. And as it turns out, uh, he, he did not at all. He did not see any error in his ways. And so on their wedding day, Deep D actually ended up saying, no, I will not marry you. I will not marry you because I deserve someone who is excited about me, who will choose me, who is attracted to me. And good for you, girl. I, girl, I'm so happy for you. You deserve, like you said, so much more than someone who isn't sure about you. And Shake, being the individual that he was, he said something like, well, I'm glad she said no, so I didn't have to. And it, I mean, it was just a little bit disappointing for me to see how much he didn't change. It's like he almost got there, almost got there, and then overcorrected back to where he was, which is really disappointing. There are several other couples, such as Natalie and Shane, that also didn't work out. It seemed like they had some kind of blowout type situation. There are two couples that did get married, which is surprising. And then at the reunion, they were still together. Ayana is one of the women in one of the couples that worked out. She was my favorite. She is so cute, so sweet. I love her. I just want to hug her and just be her friend, honestly. Just, she just seems so funny. So I loved her so much. I'm so happy that things worked out and I hope things work out long-term for them. But all of that to say, I love Love is Blind, but I also love to hate it. And also, Shake is, Shake is kind of the worst. I mean, that really, that really just sucked. Really sucked. But that show really got me thinking about breakups because some of the breakups were like nasty breakups. And some of them were like, you know, I don't think this is going to work. And they're like, yeah, I agree. So breakups are like a universal experience. There's something that all of us are going to kind of have to go through if we're involved in romantic relationships, in friendships, or even like with a therapist. So on the Instagram page, at your so quiet pod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod, if you are not following the podcast, pause this, go to your Instagram and follow because I will be posting more questions like this and you can also have your answer chosen to be read on the podcast, which is fun. I had some polls and I had some question boxes. The first question, oh, and before I jump in, I will tell you that 100% of these are anonymous and I will keep all of your answers anonymous moving forward because I'm not out here trying to spread anyone's business. I feel honored that you trust me with with like your secrets and things that you've gone through personally and I would never betray that trust. So just so you know, and so we all know moving forward, uh, this is completely 100% anonymous, okay? First question I asked is, have you ever been heartbroken? 93% said yes, 7% said no. I have definitely been heartbroken. Um, I remember my very first heartbreak in high school and it was like this whole dramatic thing, right? It was this boy who was like, eh, I don't I don't think I like you. And I really loved this guy. And it was a whole situation. And I remember just laying in bed and my mom came to check on me and she said, are you okay? And I'm like, no. And I started crying. 
And I just remember saying it just hurts so bad. And she said, I know. And she rubbed my back and helped me fall asleep. But heartbreak is one of the hardest things to go through, especially because it does feel like you're kind of going through it alone. You know, it feels like you're on this island and the one person that you want to be there for you just isn't there. And what's worse is sometimes they don't want to be there, which to me hurts even more deeply. So yes, I am, I am in the 93%. I've definitely been heartbroken. Next question. Have you ever broken someone's heart? 85% said yes. 14% said no. 14%. That's got to be 15%. It must be a typo on my part because those numbers are not adding up. In any case, 85% said yes. I am also in the yes column. I remember... There was this guy that I was dating, and we really hadn't been dating for very long, but I am a very reserved person, and it just kind of takes me some time to really open up to someone. And after a week or so of dating, this guy told me that he loved me, and I told him shortly after that I didn't think that this was going to work out because we just simply weren't in the same place. And for me, it made me really uncomfortable for someone to be that far ahead of me emotionally because, like, I, again, I'm a very reserved person. So for someone to say they love me and I'm not even sure how much I like you yet, that that just, that wasn't it for me. So I, I did break up with them and they were very, very upset. Um, and I do feel bad about that. However, we did remain friends, which I'm, I'm happy about, but I, I do feel bad for how that kind of worked out. And then I asked on Instagram, what was the worst breakup you ever had? And I'll just read some, some of the responses that I got. I just left an abusive relationship and it definitely adds a layer of complexity. That's a really hard one because... In an abusive relationship, I feel as the abusee, you kind of feel some almost like responsibility for how things ended up, even though like it's not your fault. Zero percent is it your fault, okay? I'm just saying that for the record and for anyone who needs to hear it. It's not your fault. Has never been your fault. You did nothing wrong. Nothing. But I can certainly see how that would add just another extra layer of stuff you kind of have to figure out. This one says, last ex, we broke up screaming in the street. This one, uh, this one hits home for me. Um, maybe, maybe more than, than I would like to admit. This happened to me. When we broke up, it was just this like explosive thing and it was outside and he was yelling at me. And what had happened is that He had cheated on me previously in the relationship, and I could just never get over it. You know, I should have left when I found out and when it happened, because this kind of behavior just continued, you know? Like, I I should have just firmly stuck to we're done and not given in to the I'll be better and whatever. Anyway, so when I finally ended up breaking up with this person, um, one of the last things he said to me is when are you going to let that go in reference to him cheating on me years before? And I said never, and that was it. I don't love how that happened, and 
like I said, I wish that I had just walked away earlier. I would have saved myself so much time and so much pressure and depression <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. So if you're getting these red flags, like just take it from me. It's better to cut the cord and, and move on rather than getting to the screaming in the street portion. Another one is the worst breakup they ever had was over the phone because it was long distance. The pain in their voice still haunts me. That's hard. That's a hard one too. Another one says, been cheated on. They didn't know I knew. Wow. I wonder if it would be harder to know and like they know that you know or they don't know that you know. I don't know, man. I don't know. But in any case, I, I'm glad that you got out of that relationship. As you know, I've been there too. And it, it just sucks. It sucks because that for me is like, that's, you can't get that trust back. Once you've broken that for me, I, I can't, I just can't get over it. I can't. And maybe some people can and you have like a healthy relationship afterwards and you go to therapy or you talk and whatever. But for me, I just can't. I just can't do that. It's not, it's not for me. The next question I asked was, what was the best breakup you ever had? Someone says, we were two weeks into dating and she accepted a new job. It was just easiest to cut it off. That seems good. It's like, okay, you got a new job. Uh, I'm not willing to do a long distance thing or, or maybe the hours or whatever wouldn't line up. So let's just call it. And so they just called it and mutually walked away. Like that to me is best case scenario. Someone else says, we mutually ended it and stayed friends. Still the same. Someone else says, when my heart and brain are in sync and they understood my leave was necessary. So all around, the best breakup is a mutual breakup. The worst breakup is when one person wants to stay and one person doesn't. I also asked on the Instagram, I said, have you ever broken up with a friend? And if so, why? 85% said yes and 15% said no. I am in the yes category. There was a girl that I knew and was very close with. And I think our just, just our communication styles or something was just not lining up. And we ended up having like a lot of arguments and disagreements about what someone had said and how they had said it. And it was just a really toxic thing. I, I just, I didn't like it. And when I was telling her like, hey, you know, I really care about you, but this friendship is just not working out. It's causing me a lot of stress. And like, I think we should just, you know, go our separate ways. I remember I was in some country in Europe and I was trying to go to sleep and she was blowing up my phone, calling me dozens of times, trying to get me to answer. Like it was just not, oh my gosh, it was just not a good situation. And even how that friend breakup ended, is just like an obvious indication that it was not a healthy friendship. You know, like we, we clearly could not communicate properly. And when I was communicating, like, look, this isn't working, she wasn't, she wasn't getting it. So other people have broken up with friends as well. And someone who responded said, he always wanted me to pour my emotional effort into him, but never gave anything back. I, I hate this. I hate this so much. Because I am someone who I will give 100% to my friends. Like, whatever you need. You need someone to talk to you at 2 o'clock in the morning. 
I am there for you. You know, you need someone to take care of your fish while you're on vacation. I'm there for you. And I hope to receive that same kind of care in return. But it just doesn't always happen that way, you know? And for me, when I'm just not getting what I need back, I'll try to tell you, like, look, um, I feel like I'm putting a lot into this and I'm not getting anything in return. And if they, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't realize or whatever, then we can try to work it out. But if <laughs> you, you respond in a nasty way, I'm out. You know, like I don't have, I don't have the time for this. I have too much stuff I need to be doing right now uh, to deal with this kind of friendship, quote unquote, you know. Someone else said, I traveled with them and came to realize they were an alcoholic. Oh my. Yeah, so when, when you're, 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 what am I looking for? Your ideals, your morals, your lifestyles, when your lifestyles don't align, that's just not going to work. I'm not saying that you have to, I don't know, that you have to be the same as all of your friends. I think that having different perspectives is super helpful in a friendship and in any relationship, to be honest with you. But when someone has an addiction or something like that, it can be very difficult to be their friend. So I, I applaud you for, for recognizing that and understanding that that just wasn't the space for you. Let's see, someone else said only ever talked about themselves and told me I'd never accomplish my dreams. Um, garbage. (laughs) Put them right in the trash. That's just, that's not a good friend, first of all. And even more than that, that's not like a good person. That sucks so bad. Who, Who says that, that you'll never accomplish your dreams? The rational part of me is like, well, that person is probably just very insecure and feels that way about themselves. And therefore, they felt the need to put you down. Like, okay, good job, rational brain. That doesn't mean that you ever, ever, ever have to put up with that garbage. So, I, I'm looking at these submissions and I'm so proud of you guys. You know, like you saw something in a relationship that you're like, nope, that's not for me. And you threw it right in the garbage. Good for you. I'm proud of you. I love you guys. You're doing amazing. And now we come to, have you ever broken up with a therapist? 65% said yes, 35% said no. Here's where we get into the little bit of the tea in this episode. So last year, you may recall that I was using a certain website for my therapy needs, and I had been matched with this particular therapist. It was a male therapist. I'd never had a male therapist before and at first we seemed to really click and the way that he would work with me felt very informal and for me that worked for a long time you know I kind of felt like it wasn't so stiff and I was able to communicate the things that I did not like about previous therapists for example I had one who would make me like recount the horrible most horrible stuff that has ever happened to me in my life and then would just look at me with like such pity in their eyes and that just disgusts me I hate that I'm not here for you to feel bad for me I'm not here to just talk about it I need to know how to cope with this now so I can stop making these stop having these behaviors that I don't I don't like about myself you know 
So I went into that with this particular therapist. And the reason that I had sought therapy in the first place at this particular time is that I really struggle with my self-esteem, I guess, especially as it relates to work. And sometimes that can paralyze me. I can have a great idea and just never put it into into action because I don't have the faith in myself that I can do it, you know? So I was working with this therapist and I was feeling like I was making progress. I had like breakthroughs and stuff. It was all working out good. And then it started to get a little bit weird. So with therapy online, you are more open to when you meet. And as you may recall, a close friend of mine passed away last year, last summer, and this therapist wanted to check on me and just wanted to talk. And it was really late. It was like 12 o'clock at night, but he's like, hey, I'm available. I know you're having trouble sleeping. You know, let's chat. And I, I didn't think too much of it because I really was having trouble sleeping. He was up, so just like, all right, cool, let's, let's do it. Um, long story short, there were several indications in subsequent sessions that started to cross the line. So speaking to me so late at night, that was kind of a red flag, but I didn't even think about it at the time. And then later, he would make comments about my physical appearance in an appreciative way and then turn it around to well, why do you have such poor self-esteem about your physical appearance if you look the way that you do? And, I mean, looking back, like, I honestly, I feel so stupid because I'm like, hello, why did you not see this? You know, this is clearly inappropriate behavior. Your therapist is never supposed to comment on your physical appearance What got it through my thick skull in the end was that this individual questioned my marriage because my husband and I had had a fight. It was about something stupid, like it always is. Like we don't have major issues, but he said something that bothered me and we worked it out, but I was talking about it in therapy and this therapist questioned whether that was something I wanted in a relationship. And (laughs) for better or worse, I am someone who will like let things go when it's about me, but the second you say anything negative about my partner or my relationship or people I care about, like, that flips a switch for me. Like, at that moment, I decided that this was not right, and I looked back on all the things that had been, like, oh, that's kind of weird, and I'm like, girl, those are, that is not appropriate. That is not appropriate for your therapist to do or say. Yeah, I broke up with that therapist. I said that we should just leave our relationship here. He said, okay, no problem, but ended up emailing me later to, like, see if I wanted to be friends or something. So, I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't clear enough, but it doesn't really matter. I never responded, and for me, like, that that just was not a good situation. So something that my friends had told me that I should do is to report this individual for inappropriate conduct. But to be quite honest with you, um, that's not something I want to go through. I don't want to have to like testify in court 
and I'm just like, I'm not harmed in any way. So I was just like, all right, I don't know if it was something weird about our dynamic or whatever, but I didn't like it. And I haven't spoken to that person since and have no intention to do so now. So, you know, I mean, it is really unfortunate. It is unfortunate that some therapists do end up crossing a line. I mean, therapists are still human, you know, they, they're, they're not perfect. And while we may have this idea that a therapist always has therapeutic intention behind whatever they say, it's not necessarily true. And for me, that, that's a little bit disappointing because I, I just, I always had faith in my therapists. Like, no matter what weird stuff you say, like, I know that, like, there must be a reason for this. Like, that's going to help my treatment. And in this case, it wasn't you know? And I didn't ask anyone why they broke up with a therapist because it can be, it can be a really touchy subject. Whatever reason that you decided to break up with someone, perfectly valid. You know, I've, I broke up with a therapist prior to this one because she would just make me talk about my trauma and then look at me pitifully. And I didn't like it. That is not an effective mode of therapy for me. She wasn't inappropriate, but I just wasn't I just wasn't into it, you know? And I also had another therapist that I worked with for years and she was great. And we ended up parting mutually. She thought that I was good to go on my own and I agreed and that was it. While breaking up with a therapist can be awkward and uncomfortable, sometimes it is necessary. Sometimes it's necessary and not even for like extreme reasons like mine. Sometimes it's just like, you're not, you're not a good fit. And that's perfectly okay. And just to clarify, you don't need this like big reason. Like, I don't want to see you anymore because blank. Even I just don't think that this is a good fit or just simply ghosting a therapist are all valid things to do. Is it like more polite to let them know like, hey, this is what's not working for me. I will not be scheduling another appointment. Yes. Is it actually pretty common to ghost a therapist? Yes, all, all are perfectly okay, and just do what works for you. Uh, I have zero intention of speaking to that particular therapist again, and some people feel that way about their romantic relationships. Like, when you break up with someone, you never speak to your ex again. So I asked, how many of you are still friends with your exes? 36% said yes, 64% said no. I am trying to think. I actually am friends with some of my exes. We're not like close friends, but like we're friends on Facebook. I follow them on Instagram, like their photos. Like it's not, it's not anything deep, you know, we're not texting every day. I have an ex whose birthday is on September the 12th and my birthday is December 9th. So the 12, 9, 9, 12, they're like reversed. So on their birthday, I always tell them happy birthday. For me, it's not anything too deep, to be honest. I think it's only really a problem if you are friends with your exes and with a new person, but you're pining after your exes still. I don't think it's inappropriate to be friends with an ex. My husband's friends with his exes. I frankly could not possibly care less. And honestly, I feel like even talking about your exes is very helpful in a relationship. 
early on in my relationship with my husband, we were talking about our exes and kind of like why certain things didn't work out. And it's through those conversations that you learn what they really don't like in a relationship. I learned, for example, that my husband doesn't want to be mothered, you know, like he is a grown man. He can take care of himself. If it's cold outside, you don't need to make sure he has his jacket. You know, he doesn't like that. It's not why they broke up, but it is like something that he remembers and remembers that he did not like in a relationship. So I'm like, all right, cool. Thank goodness you're a grown man and you can act like a grown man and take care of yourself. Honestly, for me, like that's that's a good conversation to have. I know everyone has their boundaries and different beliefs and that's fine. Like find out what works for you and your partner. I'm just telling you what works for me. And honestly, being friends with exes doesn't bother me at all. Don't care. And finally, we're talking about all these breakups and if you're friends with exes, if you've broken up with a therapist, if you've had a friend breakup. Now, what I also want to talk about is how do you get over a breakup? I remember on this one episode, what was the show? It was um, Bachelor Winter Games and this guy was talking about his ex and they'd broken up over a year ago, I believe. And he would still tear up talking about, talking about her. And as it turns out, like that was edited and it was really, like he is upset about the breakup. He's also upset because of how the public has reacted. But it does seem to me like sometimes some people just don't know how to get over a breakup. So I asked you guys, how do you get over a breakup? Someone said they tried smoking a lot of weed, a lot with several O's. (laughs) It didn't work. Eventually, I just had to face my emotions. Someone else said, self-care, let myself be sad. Time, time and being with those who love you. Processing my feelings as much as possible and moving on with my life the best I can. Go fishing while I think about my life and how much more there is to life. The theme is that it just takes time. And I hate to be that person who's like, time heals all wounds or whatever. And that's just crappy old cliche advice but unfortunately if you're going through a breakup time is what you need for me I give myself time to be sad I give myself time to be upset and the time that I give myself is typically like proportional to how long I was in the relationship so if it was several years you know I might give myself several days to just be upset cry, lay on the couch, don't take a shower, just be upset. Be fully upset and don't try to bury it in something else, you know? Don't try to drink it away, don't try to escape with with drugs or whatever. Just genuinely be sad. And then we boss up, right? Because we are strong people and while we do need to face our emotions, we don't need to wallow in them. And there is a difference between facing your emotions and wallowing in your emotions. I have done both, okay? I think that giving yourself time to wallow is fine. Just not allowing yourself to feel it is not going to make the feelings go away. Sad to say, I can attest to this personally. When it comes to knowing when it's time to boss up, that's up to you. And genuinely check in with yourself and ask yourself, look, okay, how am I feeling? I'm still sad, okay. 
maybe we can start working towards something, you know? I've always found that focusing on something else can be helpful in the healing process. And I don't mean like burying my emotions and losing myself in a project. I mean like find a good outlet. So for me, exercise is very important to my mental health. I low-key hate this about myself. I don't love to exercise, but it does make me feel much better. And if I stick to an exercise regimen, I am feeling better than if I didn't. So maybe I will exercise or maybe I will start a short story, start writing a short story, read a book, find a good video game that I really like, find something that is a good creative outlet for you or just an outlet in general. I remember when um, when my friend died back last year. I love the Assassin's Creed franchise, um, so I have a bunch of the Xbox games, and I would tell my friend I'm going to go kill people for a little while. Obviously, I'm not killing people in real life. I am just doing missions on Assassin's Creed and focusing on that and trying to figure out the puzzles and trying to, like, level up and find different items and whatever. Like, that really does help me feel better, you know? And maybe it's just the chemicals in my brain are being rewarded by the successful completion of these missions. I don't know what it is, but it does make me feel better. So find something that makes you feel better. You know, maybe it's going out with your friends. Maybe it's making sure that you are surrounded with people who you know love you. Maybe it's just sitting by yourself for a little while and just sitting with your thoughts. Whatever the case may be, Again, I can't stress it enough. Don't run from your emotions. They are often uncomfortable for me. I am someone who historically has run from my emotions or buried them or just simply not talked about horrible things that have happened to me in my life. And I can report that, unfortunately, running from these emotions does not make them go away. They will catch up 100% of the time. So go ahead and deal with them. Understand how you're feeling. Unpack them. If you don't know how to do this, there are so many mental health resources out there. Betterhelp.com. I think one is called Cerebral.com. There are so many options you can take advantage of from even just inside your home. So always remember to take care of yourself. And if you're going through a breakup right now, whether that's romantic, a friend breakup, or a breakup with a therapist... Just remember that your little introvert family is standing behind you. We got you. You got this. And we love you. With all of that being said, we are about at the end of our time together. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify if you are so inclined. It really, really helps to spread the word about this podcast and build an even bigger introvert family. I I would love to do. If you want to participate in future episodes, follow the podcast on Instagram at your so quiet pod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. I will keep you all updated with future topics and I will see you all next week. Okay, love you. Bye. (laughs)